You yeah, guys promised me it's a point episode. This show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Back to Indie Comic Book Noise, everybody. We're, uh, as usual, sputtering along to the beat of our own drummer. Today, we've got the three-man crew that you've come to know and love, hopefully. Myself, Andrew the L.A. Rabbit in Los Angeles, the United States portion of the program, outnumbered two to one by our Canadian cohorts. From the Arctic Circle, WVX Kev. Say hi, Kev. Hello, everyone. And from the nation's capital, the Ottawa Otter himself, Phil. Say hi, Phil. We're taking over. You're going to eat our beaver and maple syrup, whether you like it or not. I actually do like maple syrup. Phil, growing up, we used to make maple syrup, believe it or not. A lot of maple trees and boiling sap. Good old days. You topped a lot of trees? Yes. Actually, it was the same trees. And you could just stick the tap in from year to year. Uh, Once in a while, every few years, you'd have to put in a new tap, but... Other than that, it was the same, those rusty old buckets. And I'm like, I guess the rust makes the sap taste better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like 10 to 1. Well, we don't need to talk about that dumb stuff. This is Indie Comic Book Noise, part of the Deliberate Noise Network, an exciting branch of the Derek Coward family of podcasts. Thanks, Derek, as always. Super Steve could not be here. He is off fighting the good fight. I did not think of an appropriate thing for Super Steve to be doing. Apologies, everybody. But we are here, as we always are, to talk about independent comic books. As you heard from the beginning of the show, there is a disclaimer. You know, we can talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't think it's that crazy. Sometimes Kevin contradicts me. Oh, man, and I had all these great bits about impeachments. It was going to be so good. But here we are. Like I said, just a free-flowing discussion, whatever we want to talk about in the world of indie comic books. You can find the show on Twitter and Facebook. Find some of the creators on Twitter, Facebook, and Blue Sky and Mastodon. So we're taking over the internet. Or get a life and don't use social media. Yeah, we don't have a sub stack, though, Kevin. And But Kevin has promised me that the Indie Comic Book Noise NFTs will be ready next year. Oh, brother. So, oh. I had a NFT vid for this episode, too. <laughs> I still don't understand those things. You don't Make sure to. you get ready to invest on the hottest trend that's coming to a town near so, you. So that's just people selling pictures, right? Yes. Sure. But... And then people pretend they own that picture. Yes. Exactly. That's completely that's so dumb. See, you, it sounds so dumb. like you know exactly what it is. <laughs> well, no, but it just it blows my mind, like how stupid people have become. Uh, you're you're going to get your mind blown again this episode. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, we keep it kind of uh, loose and breezy. Mm-hmm. Oh, very uh, loose. I'm going to start. Sometimes we start with just some goofy stuff. I, I know there's been some delays, but. You know, in the comic book noise, we we suffer through this. We're trying, people. We're coming up on our 10-year anniversary. So we've held out this long, and you've held out with us. So thank you for listening. But the one thing that made me laugh is 
Phil, this is right up your alley. I got to mm-hmm. notice that uh, there's a board game coming out that uh, you. They, I'm like, yeah, Stan Lee's Genesis coming to Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, didn't he die a long time ago? Yeah. Is that is that a character he made at some point or something or no, over two hundred new characters, three expansion sets, tile and resource mechanics, players used to build a universe, complete teams and plot. And I'm like, how is a Stan Lee thing? Yeah. But it's his pal entertainment. And I'm like, oh, this isn't funny. like six months after. This is quite a while. Yeah. Well, remember right, there's so a that... company that owns his stuff in quotes. Yeah, I wonder if that too. The anyways, it just made me. I was like, "Wow, the Stan Lee board game coming mm-hmm. to." Uh, well, when it comes out, I'm sure I'll have more info for you. I'll yeah. It. Yep. I will not be uh, purchasing that, but hey, you know we got to have stuff out there. Mm-hmm. I am backing. I doubt this will make it in time for posting. Back in the new part-time comics, they're wrapping up some of their books by doing a multi-book Kickstarter. You don't have to get everything, but it's a way to wrap up their different series. I got everything. So, Whoa. You got the whole, like, their whole publishing line? Well, because I've never read any of it. So, yeah, oh, so I got okay. well, ev- uh, everything except for the Drumsticks of Doom, just because I'm not into metal. And I think that was like a metal book. But the art yeah. looks awesome. Yeah. That and, was and one it's where just I got the, the it was a lot of money. Cover. So yeah. I had to, you know, cut one thing out. Shipping is still no joke, people. We need to iron that crap out. I mean, the oh, yeah, that was mine. Was before like they they quoted a shipping price and the shipping turned out to be cheaper, so they refunded some of my money. How often does that happen? Wow, that's quality work right there. Honest comic book creators. Okay, I uh, want to. Yeah. I want. I want to blow Phil's mind now. Go for it. The, the Macy's Is it that Thanksgiving break... Day Parade. Oh. It's mm-hmm. supposed to include its first NFT balloon. How is that even possible? <laughs> so is it just a digital file of a balloon? So oh. I was like, so there's someone something carrying, there? Is someone carrying a laptop and they just have it on the laptop? Like, how has this not died off yet? Because this has been going on for a couple of years now, hasn't it? I yeah. think the NFTs aren't like they used to <laughs> be. I do feel they've dropped and... Oh, they've crashed a few times already. Yeah, uh... I remember the reason why I know about it is because uh, I think it's Seth Green, the guy that was on Buffy, you know? I think he was going to do a TV show, but someone ripped off his NFT or something like that. Oh, oh. It caused all this drama. There were a bunch of celebrities that invested in yeah. a series yeah. called Bored Apes. That's what it was, some yeah. kind of hassle with it. I didn't really... I figured a lot of it might have been just a publicity-type stunt, you know? Because mm-hmm. I don't really know how you steal a digital file, and the but I didn't follow the story close enough. Don't sadly don't care. I mean, I don't want anyone to get ripped off or nothing, but I don't know. Sometimes they're I feel ripped like off. they're those all getting ripped off. Kind of a hus- you know, yeah. I don't know how many legitimate transactions. Hey, I think that happens to back issues in comic art. Sometimes there are sham transactions to artificially oh, yeah. inflate value. You know. Or I was thinking about those previous catalogs people were selling. I mean, I can't feel good. <laughs> That's another stupid thing. Jesus. Those people are dumb, too. I mean, it'd be easy if you and a buddy each swapped something and sold, said, oh, I sold it for 1000 And he's like, oh, I sold mine for 1100 And you just give each other the same thing. And then 
you know, it's an old hustle from way back when. There's a famous insurance case where a company just kept reselling the same boat to shell companies and then destroyed the boat and tried to claim the insurance and be like, oh, this boat's worth so much money because it kept getting resold for more money and more money. Wow. And I just feel like that's sometimes what's happening. I mean, I hope they're mostly good faith purchasers, but you see some of this stuff and you're like, I don't know, boys, who's, is this really the thing or is someone just looking to make money? I don't know. It's a weird market. Just for fun, I'm going to buy an NFT right now. Oh, oh boy. I thought about trying to get one for like a dollar or something, but. (laughs) And then what do I do for it? Do I put it on eBay or something? No, uh, you can sell it. There's registries and stuff where you <laughs> buy and sell these things, but it's I don't know if you have to pay a fee or what. Uh, that, uh, See, this uh, is why digital is so stupid. You know, this I, is why me and Andrew don't like digital comics. I believe well, they want to be called digital collectibles now. Yeah, I, there was supposed to be a mechanism where because it's digital, the original artist could keep getting paid at each transaction. But I don't know if that ever came to no, fruition or not. That's the distillery thing. That's supposed to be different than the open sea NFT thing. Yeah, I don't. We're past my pay grade. All I know is <laughs> there was a lot of press about, oh, this will be great. And the people that created it will keep getting paid. But I, Are we talking about crypto talking next? About yeah. Let's do I crypto mean, the other... next. Come on, let's be the financial... <laughs> <laughs> podcast indie noise the other hey, they did small have... thing i noticed was the massive publishing seems to be de-emphasizing the whatnot part i would say that it doesn't add any hey I, marvel partnered with vivi to do digital collectibles and stuff i saw that that was because yeah, i got some free stuff from one of those panels i attended so i downloaded the app and i've since deleted it i'm like it's a digital copy that i can already look at on it's it was a spider-man comic that's already on Mm -hmm. the unlimited and everywhere else and everything and i'm like what and they had this whole thing where you could eventually resell stuff eventually if you had enough money and if you linked your bank account to the and i was like wow this sounds bad (laughs) like i'm sure it's legitimate but i don't want to give this company my bank account (laughs) information call me crazy guys (laughs) Yeah, I noticed DC was doing some of that. And then I see in previews, I think it's Scout Comics, they're like making digital collectibles collectible by giving you comic tags with your digital. I don't know. I'm probably totally messing up their thing. But they have something in previews. You get something physical, but it's basically just a little like token or whatever thing. So they can they can give you a physical object with your digital thing. Yeah, it's weird like that. Yeah. But anyways, we should. Uh, if you don't have any more news, should we talk? Oh, comic I have books? actual news. Oh, oh, yeah, that give was it to that us. was just bits. Is is your news that you're gonna break Tanju? That mean you will be talking about Black Hammer again soon? <laughs> That's not news. He emailed that already. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe posted it to Blueski. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> If you were there, Phil, you would have seen we've we've already done it. Oh. No, uh, we have to talk about Power Girl coming up too. 
Wait, the t- you told me to read some Power Girl from 2009. Yeah, I the don't first think... issue. Yeah, but how is that a new Power Girl coming out? Because they're releasing a new cover on it. Oh, oh. Well, that's You're nice. talking DC Power Girl? Yes. Yeah. Wait, so is, is it like those Marvel and DC? Like, because I, I bought that Batman reprint that has the Poison Ivy first appearance. It's like one of those. Where they're reprinting the issue with all the ads and everything? I assume it's the, it's the issue. It's not a facsimile. Unless they well, I mean, have extra it, copies left over, but probably not. It would be a facsimile for sure by the fact that it's a comic book that came out in 2009. Unless they're changing the interiors. Well, that's... You consider it a facsimile then? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's technically called a facsimile. It's just a reprint. I think they call it's that a, a variant cover. No, you can't release it a hundred years later and be like, yeah, it's a variant cover. No, wait, it's called a reprint. That's all it is. Yeah, it's a reprint. Like, Fan Expo has been doing this for years. They put new covers on old comics, and it's a reprint with a variant cover. No, no, it's just a reprint. But it has a new cover. There you go. I like that wording better. So do they find, like, old stock and just put a new cover, or are they reprinting the issue? I guess. Uh, they're, like, they're... will it be printed with modern technology, or will it be? Do they have a stacks of 2009 Power Girls sitting around, and they're just gonna wrap no. it in new covers? See, they since, fax them. That's why they was, call them fax only. Since it was from Paper Films, I wasn't exactly sure how that was gonna run, but I assume it would run like any comic shop that teams up with DC Comics. But usually, it's um, something like recent, not. Like, it's usually Fan Expo that's doing the old stuff. Like, I don't see a lot of stores teaming up to do a lot of old stuff. Because I know, for instance, like, Action Lab used to collect the single issues and they would just bind them into a, into a trade. So the trade wasn't a new printing. They just took the sing, literal single issues and had them bound into trades sometimes. I know some yeah. publishers do that. So I didn't know if this was like, oh, DC found you know, 20,000 Power Girl number ones in a warehouse somewhere and was like, hey, screw it. Let's uh, print it with a new cover. Well, I think that was a big controversy. Was it with CGC when there was something like that? Where they're like, we're putting a new cover on these old comics. What's so uh... bad about that, though? If they're in good condition still. Yeah, I mean, it's a way to sell them, I guess. If If no one was buying it before. Like Action Lab, that's what they did. They would take yeah. their comics and it gets rid of the cover on it yeah and i'm like, like it would have it would have smarter. the original covers the ads everything would be in there the back cover still like i don't remember like they didn't yeah, take yeah, off yeah. the old covers yeah yeah i don't remember the details anymore but i remember that cgc was involved in somehow so that i think that's partly how things went uh sideways i could see well it for me it's more a question of what do you do for the printing date Normally, like for facsimiles, they copyright it when it comes out and the original yeah. date of the book. Yeah. But if this, I guess if it's a new cover, it's a new thing, so it should get a new copyright. And it's hey, a new cover. They're saving trees. I agree, Phil. If it's, it's a win-win. sitting around, but <laughs> I don't know that they had enough. Would they? Who would? DC wouldn't keep a bunch of old stock, would they? I mean, they'd have to find someone that just had. Some shop that had like racks. Well, in it at the back. I guess the problem is, wouldn't they all wear out anyway? If you're talking like old, old, like. Well, these are 2009, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are okay. fine. Those should be fine then, yeah. 
And there's also enough of us that don't really... Like, I don't want my comics completely thrashed, but I don't go over them with a magnifying glass no, when I'm buying I don't care. books off the rack. So there's plenty of us that's like, I'm sure most of the ones I buy have a spine tick or mm. corner I got a Kickstarter. I got a Kickstarter the other day, and two of the pages were ripped a bit inside. <laughs> but it, I don't care. I'm not going to bug him because he's an indie creator, and he, yeah. I love his stuff. And uh, I yeah. could still read it and everything, so but, it's no big deal for me. Yeah, like no, 9.2 doesn't mean it's in perfect condition, though. So you can have some imperfections. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that. I mean, I know there are guys that will go through the whole stack and like only buy. You know, want them, and they're yeah. free to do that. I'm just saying that's. I mean, again, I don't want one that's ripped up and the dog ate it. But I yeah. don't. Really... I'm not. I'm not selling mine on eBay. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't. Be perfect. I mean, those guys, guys must get nervous when they bring them to the cash, and then if if the person takes their Has stack of books that they've already. <laughs> look through and then they bang them on the counter or whatever and then they're like oh no i don't want to buy them yeah well, i don't know how any of that stuff works normally comic uh, store people are pretty careful at least where i've in ottawa anyway yeah but uh, someone else is handling their stuff so i yeah like, i think some of these know. people are uh ridiculous i mean mm-hmm. you know just the fact of printing them and shipping them not everyone is going to be in perfect sh- like no you know they come off a printing press they get stuffed in a box like there's all these yeah. places in the in the world where things can happen and problems mm-hmm. can occur that they are going to have to just i don't know i i don't i'm not uh not one of those guys like i said i don't knock it but i'm also just I just want my comic in. Yeah. I can, but I also don't bag and board everything. So Me neither. I'm not the <laughs> guy to talk to. I just I got tired and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. And, well, they're always like, oh, talked. do you want bags and boards? And I'm like, I have so many. Like, look, if it's something important that I really like, I'll bag and board it. Even that, it. I don't. <laughs> but most of the stuff, it's, you know, I'm going to end up giving away half my comics anyway. So what's, mm-hmm. what am I? And I've got so many bags and boards from... Are the ones that I got plenty to keep, and I'm trying to keep my collection roughly the same size. So, like I said, you get a few hundred issues in, you got to get rid of a few hundred. So, you got to get your new publisher bingo card out too, Andrew. Write down uh, Goats Flying Press. I, I are they new? I feel like someone had a comic from them. Really? Uh, no, you're thinking of Space Goat. I'm thinking of Space Goat. Yes, you're right. Because I used to talk about them a bit. Yeah. I knew there was some kind of weird goat publisher. And I'm like, but yeah. they went under because they're one of those companies that didn't pay people. Oh. Stuff. Yeah, those are... Their Kickstarters <laughs> never came, were delivered. Yeah, it is always sad when you think of Because yeah. no one, I mean, like, I'm sure there are a few bad apples, but I don't think most people go into comics trying to rip you know they just no no these get people in over were, their head i don't think and, meant to they just yeah, couldn't yeah. handle it i guess yeah and no one I, i'm sure most of them don't want to be the bad guy and just end up being that bad guy mm-hmm. and then yeah. people don't get paid and you know it's horrible i've been getting kind of into the smaller indie companies because i find they're so like appreciative of you you know getting their comics and they just seem more into it than like some of the marvel and dc people do you know Oh, for sure. You're not you're not making those indie yeah. comics for to make big fortunes. I mean, and remember Horse Femmes, 
that I went crazy and yeah. I bought all the printed issues. Well, I got those in. I, I still have like six issues left, but I do not regret getting them in print at all. They're so friggin' good. Nice. So I'm going to talk about those once I finish it all. But uh, and they're still making more too, which is awesome. But uh, oh yeah, I'm in. I'm so happy with this this print, and I definitely recommend it for everyone. That's the the Four Horse Femme. It's called by Stuart Black there. Yeah, yeah, we we uh, yeah on a recent episode, maybe one mm-hmm. of the ones I actually got out the door. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I think I saw it up there. Yeah, but yeah, it's I was very glad I got that, and uh, and then those Afterlife comics. I keep doing the Kickstarters for those, and then like a month later, you have it, and it's just every series I've read by him, I've loved so far. I've, I think seven I've read, or eight. There are a few good companies that are reliable mm-hmm. on Kickstarter. I don't know how it is for yeah. newer companies, but there's some people with proven track records who yeah. Well, Afterlife has out. been around, I think, since 2016. But I just found out about them this year, though. And it's finding it hard for a 4.99 book to order from previews. But if I was at TCAF, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, let me pick up some stuff." Like it's it's just some weird switch there yeah it's all um i'm with you kevin it's i just try not to think about it and just click the buttons on the kickstarter but i've slowed down i'm really mostly getting kickstarters from past creators well, probably need to I've take some problem. more flyers but i've got a big problem with kickstarter and game <laughs> found and like you guys would be disgusted if you saw how many board games i've backed and like how much some of them are like no, i just did one crazy i did one not too long ago it was uh over 800 dollars <laughs> for just one kickstarter but that's because they have all the you're getting the one though with all the expansion packs phil and well this is huge miniatures yeah. and the extra tiles and all and, the and this game uh shadows of brimstone like i have almost everything and if you don't do the kickstarter like you're going to be spending shitloads of money, like, or you're not going to get things for years. So, like, the amount of money I save for the amount of product I get, you know, like, it's, plus it's, it's a it's company really you know. Deal. It's not like you're yeah. taking some flyer on some. This is their first Kickstarter, and you're no. Nope, if you get been it, around it's going to be twenty five years from now. They've been around, I think, since like twenty ten or something like that. I have all the games. And I know the right. shipping on those board games has to be crazy because those are such big boxes with all the stuff in it. That one's probably going to be over a hundred bucks a bit to ship. Yeah, it's just all yeah. the little bits and bobs and who knows. Yeah, those huge things you got to assemble. Yeah, I mean, I like my problem is I have a few board games and that's plenty. I just it's a big commitment of time. It is. I know that sounds yeah. dumb, and also just. To be honest, I like that little one deck dungeon because I can play it quickly. Some of these ones I like, you spend yep. like 45 minutes setting the dang thing up. And I'm I, like, I don't mean I, to be lazy, but dang. <laughs> I love one deck dungeon. And then when I, the game's over, it's another 45 minutes of picking all the crap yeah. up and putting it away. But one deck dungeon, you, like it, you set it up in two minutes, like it's yeah. done. I don't know if you know, but there's also one deck galaxy now, eh? a space. Oh, one. no, I haven't heard. Yeah. So it's worth picking up because they're so cheap too, right? Yeah, yeah. I just like, like I said, they don't take up a lot of space. I don't have to no, take and they're fun. I can play it myself or with you can someone. watch a movie while you play it, like yeah. that type of game. Yeah. I just like that. That that's a world of 
I, I got into some of those smaller footprint ones just mm-hmm. because... Nope, me too. I like those too, those small ones. I also, like, you're tying up your whole table on some of these things. I don't need to tell you, Phil. Some of these things oh. you need... Like, your table, it's just going to be full for a day. Shadows of Brimstone, long. I've got, like, three tables set up, giant tables, <laughs> when you do that one. Like, you need so much room. Yeah, and you're not using... Mm-hmm. You're not eating on those tables or doing other stuff on them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that board game is there till it's done and you put all that crap away. Yeah. I need a whole room for, for that stuff. And I need a room for comics. and th- I just don't got room, Phil. I know. it's it's. Uh, I'm at that point where I've got to purge some of my collection because I'm going to be a hoarder soon of geek stuff. Like, I have so much, especially because these board games take up so much room. So now with the comics, the board games, the movies, like, just everything, you know, like, because I also collect DVDs and Blu-rays and things like that. And All right. Well, we should, should I talk about a comic book finally, if no one else is? Uh, yeah. This should make our listener, Bob Gar, happy. My buddy talked about, sent me a bunch of comics in a big box, and I've talked about some of them already, and I'm going to talk about Bob Fingerman, Connective Tissue. I mean, that's the Connective Tissue. No, it's from Fantagraphic Books. Now, Kevin may get on me, because technically there is only the back part is the only comic book part, because it's mostly text with full-page pieces. It's like one of those hardcovers that's like three quarter tall, but just as wide. And so he did, he does these like full page sketches with like one color tone. And it's this, uh, is a main protagonist, Darla who works at a video store and she gets poisoned and ends up in this kind of weird Lovecraft world. They say if William Burroughs, Lewis Carroll, HP Lovecraft and Harvey Kurtzman ever collaborated, the results might resemble Bob Fingerman's bold new confection of words and pictures. So she chokes on this candy and ends up in this weird world. To me, for the Lovecraft bits, sort of reminded me of uh, Unknown Kadath, which is another dream novel he wrote. But it has that kind of where she'll go from one dream world to the next, and they're sort of related. And I really like his artwork. You know, I think this is the first Bob Fingerman I've ever read. Hmm. which might be shocking. And then the end, he does a postscript comic. It's a full comic with like panels and words and all that stuff. So it's a little, I feel, I think he mentioned that this was kind of assembled maybe from a Patreon or from some other source. It might've been serialized somewhere and kind of collected, but it has that, like I said, that dream where the logic isn't always flowing from one world to the next in the same way. I did enjoy it. I'm not the biggest Bill Burroughs and Lewis Carroll fan. Like, I'm familiar with their work, but not to the degree that I'm familiar with H.P. Lovecraft. And also, in the world, H.P. Lovecraft exists and references to Lewis Carroll. Mm-hmm. Sorry about my voice, guys. Hang on a second. That's okay. I feel like those are things you can go down the rabbit hole for. Literally. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry, listeners, I have a bit of a cough, so I have to go on mute from time to time. But I enjoy, it's a lot of very specific pop culture references, not just to those older things, but to newer 
Skittles or all these different ones. She's from New York City and works in this video store and is kind of a take-no-prisoner sassy gal. And she just navigates it and then ends up back in her own world, just like Alice. Mm -hmm. And I definitely got, maybe I didn't read it that way. Maybe I just got the impression that it was kind of done in a serial fashion. I also know that one of Burroughs' trick, I guess, would be to take his finished work and kind of cut it up and mix it up and put it in different order as sort of a uh, exercise in writing. I know that's a trick. There was a comic like that. So, yeah, I just didn't know. Like I said, Kevin might get on my ass (laughs) because 90% of this isn't really a comic book. So So how many comic pages are there in it then that are actually comic? So the back part is... It looks like it's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight comic pages. And then there's a full page drawing every two or three pages, probably, mm-hmm. in the course of it. But they're full pages. There's no text or anything. So it's more like an illustrated novel, I guess. Yeah. Like and you know Kevin or... really hates these things when we don't stick to the rules. I mean, if it's from Fanta, can I complain? I don't know. I mean, it's not really a comic book, so I don't know how you're going to Well, get I think on it, it still counts as a comic book. It does have the comic book in the back, which yeah. I'm leaning into heavily to not get kicked off the show by Kevin. Well, but... what if I just throw in some, like, One Piece Netflix discussion to balance it out or something? Well, we do do adaptions. about the comic. Because yeah, One we Piece do, is a... a legit comic so no one's gonna say this is from 2009 by the way so i don't um like i said i know i should probably read more bob i really do like his artwork Mm -hmm. i'll say that it's kind of fun i should probably check more out i just never came across it i guess and then my buddy just sends me this and i'm like oh bob fingerman slurmo likes him i think you're supposed to mention minimum wage or something yeah i mean maybe slurmo hates him i don't know but i thought he liked him (laughs) So I was like, oh, I'll mention it on the show. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was fun. Like I said, just not really a comic book. So if you don't hear me on the show again, guys, it means uh, Kevin. Kevin killed him. He got his cats to eat him. Yeah. He, he brought DC Comics and a comic that wasn't really a comic to a comic show. Jeez. This is what happens when Super Steve isn't here. Exactly. What's Fantagraphics doing publishing that, by the way? I thought they were a comic book publisher. Look at them. They still do. They still do comics. They do a lot of comics. Okay. I mean, I've never like I've read. I have some, like but I've never really read a lot of Fantagraphics. The one I've been, thanks to Super Steve, who covered mm-hmm. on the show, and I have too. They've been reprinting very nice copies of the Freak Brothers. Okay. The reprinting. That is where they're originally from. Yeah. No, or no, they were or originally ripoff press. Yeah. But yeah. I have the kind of beat up omnibus that came out, but mm-hmm. I feel like the printing isn't that great. Or Fantagraphs is doing these nice hardcovers, and I think three of them are out so far, and they keep going with. They did the interesting thing where they started with the volume six, <laughs> and then five, and then, and they're working kind of backwards. Really? That's weird. Yeah. What a Which I'm totally all right to with. I wonder if they found that when you start with one, like if people drop off or something. I don't know. But I'm enjoying these. And even though I have the big collected thing, I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? These are worth their well. Well, it's a property. And they have like 
you front like matter lot, so. where they talk about the books and they're just mm-hmm. you know fan graphics say what you will about i know kevin says they don't do comics but <laughs> they really do a nice printing job you know what i mean they're they're not i i've never noticed them to skimp on the quality of the print i actually always thought kevin was a big fan of them no he's fan gone off on them no. for not doing oh, comics okay. for years <laughs> But the other problem is they're, I'm assuming they're going to do them all, but they're kind of slow rolling them too. Mm -hmm. Like I wish they would just put out the schedule. Like the next one is not until end of February, 2024, but are they going to stop at that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are they going to stop with volume four or whatever volume that one is? Well, hopefully they do do them all. I don't know. I mean. That's the worst when volumes don't get finished. Yeah. But I'll keep. You know, they're dead, like 23 bucks. They're well collected. I know mm-hmm. it's a risk. This material's everywhere. It's been reprinted a billion times. But just to, once I get them all, then I'm going to get rid of that Omnibus. You know, I can yeah. trade Keep that your one. favorite copy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I got some of the floppies here and there, too. I even have a graded one, I think, of like the 14th printing or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's my contribution. Well, Dad. I recently bought, I wanted to reread a series I used to like from 94. So when you weren't reading comics, Andrew, it was, That's uh, when I got first, out. it's the first Vampirella I ever read it was from Harris comics. I think they took, didn't they get the Warren stuff in 93? I think something, like, something that. like that. Yeah. And so this was their, not their first Vampirella, but, uh, the first Vampirella I read by them anyway. And it's a uh, vengeance of Vampirella. Nice. Are these new or reprints or? Uh, no, these were the original issues. Oh, nice. So, so I originally had like one to fifteen, I think, and then I uh, so I had to pick up the ones I was missing. And cause so originally, when I read it as a kid, I loved one to eleven, like I collected it monthly, and then after that, I just hated it and just stopped collecting it. And so I wanted to reread it as an adult and just see what I thought of it now. I've never been a big Vampirella fan just because I always thought, you know, it looked like a porn comic to me when I was young. I can see that. And uh, so that's why it took me so long to try it. And and since then, I've enjoyed some of the Dynamite ones, but uh, overall, I'm not a big Vampirella fan. But this, I really loved at the time. And so rereading it 1 to 11, I still loved. It's uh, I don't. Do you guys know much about Vampirella? I read some of the recently. I think we talked about it on the show. I read that. I bought. No one's read issue. the old stuff though. The old stuff, no. and I and they did okay. a reprint of the one. So I've read two or three of the original. Really great artists on it, but that kind of Twilight Zone ironic ending. Usually, you know, the guy that's he cheated mm-hmm. everybody, and in the end, he gets cheated type of thing, which was... is fine. But I'm, it was more for the artwork, to be honest with you. Did did she always have that like amateur wizard with her like Penadragon or whatever his name is and uh, that boyfriend Jack? Not like, in the always... few I read, but it's literally I think yeah. two or three issues I read. Okay, and she was kind of the host. I mean, she'd be in one story, but they also did that thing where they're like, "Oh, it's the you know Uncle Creepy and all those guys that." Mm-hmm. the horror host of the comics and that sort of thing where they'd make some corny joke at the beginning about 
oh, poor Bilbo can't catch a break with his ring or whatever it is. Well, these ones took place in the 90s, so guess what they did to update her costume? Made it even smaller. They gave her a really small small leather jacket <laughs> that she couldn't zip up, and they gave her fingerless gloves. That was her, you know how they, because they were giving everyone pouches and all that kind of shit. That was her... Uh, 90s look but yeah issue 1 to 11 I still loved uh, it's kind of like like uh, I think this is a lot different than the originals because it, it's it's almost like uh, she kind of works with this like kind of government agency kind of thing that go after the supernatural and but but so I so after reading issue 11 and on I did not like it again like every single issue and it got really confusing because it didn't end at issue 25. You ended up having to get a, another three-issue miniseries and then another three-issue miniseries. And then there was another ongoing, which I haven't read yet. Yeah, I thought they did a recent ongoing with some of that. Yeah, the, the, out of the recent stuff, I really liked the apocalyptic one and uh, I think a miniseries. But overall, I don't really like the character. But, uh, but yeah, these first 11 issues are a lot of fun. Like there's one issue... Um, it's issue six, where I guess it's an old character, where like this mad scientist tried to turn this girl into a vampirella, but she ended up kind of going crazy. Well, there's an issue in here where she ends up coming back, murdering people, and vampirella tries to save her again, but she ends up dying like a tragic death. Or like one where there's an underground facility... And so she's sent in to see what's going on, and it's kind of like uh, these aliens from another dimension got loose, killed all the scientists. I don't know if you've seen movies like that, but I always like that kind of story. But yeah, it was fun to reread. Um, I probably spent a little too much, though, to get the ones I was missing. I kind of regret that, because I should have just stayed with the ones I already owned. But you all make mistakes, I guess. But yeah, so that's what I've been reading, is that and then the Four Horse Femme there. I assume the publisher is gone, Phil, that was doing it Harris? back then. Yeah. Are they still? Uh, I think they're, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're long gone. Do you know when they ended, Kevin? I don't know, but I haven't heard about them in a long time, so I don't yeah, know, I'm like, pre- really how they I'm, disappeared. I'm guessing after the longer monthly that I haven't read yet, I'm, I think after that they probably kind of disappeared, if I remember so- correctly. It's so weird how they'll come, like, first comics came back after 25 mm-hmm. years or 30 years yeah. or all the bankruptcy and lawsuits get settled or whatever. And they Well, Harris picked up all the Warren stuff, I think, is what it yeah. was. So they started reprinting that, but I guess Vampirella is the one that must have taken off, so they just stuck with it. I, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Because all, all the other stuff, come they back didn't put they a lot of really... effort publish much stuff so because mm-hmm. they because they tried publishing some other stuff but they didn't put really a lot of effort into it like they did vampirella like uh i think one's called panthera maybe oh yeah i've seen that yeah, like look. i think dynamite does that one now yeah the, yeah i think they, acquired they have all them all the, now like yeah. characters like that or they went the off Warren to stuff. like yeah. um a coffin or avatar or whatever all right kevin you got anything for us I have a lot for you. So I got my oh. first issue of uh, Distillery. You know, D-S-T-L-R-Y. I, did uh, did you dare read it, Kevin? Are you worried about damaging your valuable investment by touching it? <laughs> no, but it's funny that I've seen some um, 
bold um, proclamations of, of this issue of like, oh, this is like the new image, like the future of the industry and everything like that. And so you're like, in 10 years, you, you'll want to have this issue. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know about that, but. I mean, it, it's it's called the Devil's Cut because it, it gives you like a just like a, a, a sampling, and they compare it to uh, whiskey, where like you want to take a sip of these slowly and everything. But you, you look at the creators, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a good uh, group of creators. Like if you're into uh, like McKelvey or or uh, Becky Cloonan or Brian Azzarello or. I always appreciate when publishers splash out. Hey, it's been a classic. Remember when um, Atlas Seaboard lured a bunch of the Marvel guys away to try and out-Marvel Marvel in the 70s? Yeah. And, you know, hey, as long I, I just hope those guys all get paid, you know? Well, uh, they own part of the company, so, I mean, I hope they don't yeah. end up... Uh... You know. I think they'd rather get paid, <laughs> but I, I maybe that's they, I don't. They don't start like fighting each other for for payment or whatever the situation may be. Yeah, I remember when we're in uh, Mark Wade and Kurt Busiek and everything. We're gonna have Gorilla Comics and everything. Like I was yeah, well, on Mark, board that. I was probably like early his, uh... early type of thing where I'm like, hey, I know these guys. I should try this out. Yeah, Mark Wade has his digital empire he created, so he's got that money sitting on. Remember all those wormwood and all that stuff? Yeah, I don't think it worked out. I'm pretty sure, Kevin. He told me <laughs> that was the future, and it was. <laughs> I mean, the 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 industry is built on the corpses of uh, previous companies. But yeah, this is this is, is uh, like magazine size, sort of like it's it's really big, and it. Wait, wait, Kevin. Do you mean magazine or magazine style? <laughs> It's tough to say because it has a spine, so it doesn't match. I mean, I guess the closest recent thing would be the DC Black Label stuff. Oh yeah, so a little bit oversized too, then. Yeah, and it, but it's it's like a fine package because it even has that like um, that gloss for like part of the cover, you know, that spot varnish type of thing going on. Yeah, that never. I know people love that. I, I'm weird. It, it it does nothing for me. I mean, I'm if if it makes people happy, I'm glad. But I know in Kickstarter, a lot of times it'd be like, "Oh, we've unlocked the spot varnish tier or whatever." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah all right, good for you." <laughs> I mean, I I find when you get the um, manga reprinted at a larger size, like that's one of those things. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna add the spot varnish. You'll have the French flaps." And it'll be oversized, and I'll be like, oh, that's nice. I do like oversized. That is the one I Andy is here for. But then I find I you get to a level flaps. of almost like it draws you away from it. Because I know you look at something like Berserk, and it's like, oh, it's like twice the size, and it's a hardcover. And now the volumes are like like $60 each, and I'm like, ooh. Like that, yeah, that's, I don't like now those that's gone way, way off scale. <laughs> Well, because I'm not very artistically inclined, the bigger art helps me really look at it in a way. I can see more often of what they're doing, just because I'm not very art-minded. So a bigger version of it lets me kind of see more of the detail and what they're doing and everything. That's why I love those big old reprints of stuff. 
when they blow it up and it's closer to the artist edition or whatever. What's also nice is like the the covers are like that that thick stock, and then the pages aren't really thin inside either. Nice. Yeah. That all so, sounds good. So yeah, it, like there's a lot of um, I think there's eleven stories, a lot of small stories in here, and then I I can like most of them I actually check to see if they put the word end at the end of their story because I'm like the titles have started like being announced, and then like jock has a like a space story and there's and then i'm looking at looking at his story in here that he writes and draws and i'm like you could kind of fit that into his space story maybe as a prelude and there's actually one story that says the beginning so i'm like i'm pretty sure that's sort of like the the prelude but i don't know about these other ones because some of these are just like good sci-fi like like twilight zone is things but like really tiny like really Really small bits, but they're good bits. Like you oh, have I believe, a, I want... um, a Tinyan Ward comic in here about a guy's like, oh yeah, I'm working on this technology here for like immort- immortality or whatever, and then some guys like, oh yeah, I'm gonna you're gonna mess it up or use it or wh- whatever, you know. Some of these guys are like they have all these ideas, and then they're like, oh, it's not perfected yet. So comes <laughs> like some weird like ghost story. So you have a, a lot of different takes on stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't think anything in here was, like, really bad. But there are certain stories, like, that that I'm like, I really enjoyed that a lot more than the other. Like, there's the one by Elsa uh, Chartier and PK in here that... Well, just, just with that artwork, I'm already, like, predisposed. But I don't know, like, it, with the Love Everlasting coming out from Tom King, like, I don't know how much time... Like, it seems like that's a long-term thing, so I don't know if this is a done-in-one or if they'll get around. Like, they're obviously involved with the company, but it's, like, a, a fun, like, uh, spy adventure guidebook type of thing. And I was like, that was one of the standouts to me. Yeah, I was wondering if they made them bank a few issues ahead of time or if they're just going to come out whenever they come out type of thing. Well, that's what you run into the pricing thing because I've noticed that all their issues are like 48 pages, I believe, so far. And they were like $8. So I'm like, while the issues are $8, and I and I, I will kind of wonder if they're all going to be in this big format too. So that that's nice. But while it is more expensive, when you start looking at the creeping price at Marvel and, and DC, and like some of those are like, like $8, but if it's this format, I mean, 48 pages of story, I'm like, that, that's starting to seem like the better deal, because you're, you're, you're working it out, right? You're doing the, okay, 24 plus 24, and if the issues are $4, and the issues aren't always $4 each, like, it starts making sense, but at some point, someone's just going to look at the price, right? Well, the other issue is with an issue that thick, how often are these things going to come out? Yeah, because I already know... Like, it's going to be hard to do monthly, 48 pages every month. That's a big ask. Yeah. So I noticed with with their solicits, they had two first issues. So, like, the Jock series was solicited first, and then the second month, like, the next issue isn't there. So that's, that's the other interesting thing. Like, yeah, it's great to have more pages and everything, but then, like, if your story's going to continue for, I don't know, 24 issues... 
you have to maintain like reader interest and they have to like recall what happened every issue and you know those you know those types of things like yeah it's like i don't know if you can balance that out work that out somehow right like i know some series have had that trouble like they're just like you don't remember or then the wait becomes too long or whatever and it kills interest in a series hey it's happened to me personally where there's a huge drop you know the first two or three issues come out and then i kind of forget and then there's some gigantic and look it's no one in fault or anything that's why i thought image was smart to kind of bake in a lot of after five or six issues at like an intentional break to kind of not stop that from happening yeah because like i said i've lot where i'm like oh i forgot it came out or whatever it you know by the time it does roll out i miss it or something like that i think people have gotten used to that but i used to see some stuff like oh uh, they they can't keep a schedule and everything and i'm like no that's that is the schedule I yeah mean, they're telling you they're taking a month off or whatever but they usually have at least five or six done as yeah. opposed to in the old days when it might be two or three issues and then you're like wait what is four coming out what's you know i think <laughs> it just snowballs true. and then you know they barely get the second one out and then the third one's even later and then whatever happens and they're behind so that's why i was wondering how much they because 48 pages that's a big ask for most artists i feel like today yeah, yeah. i feel so yeah and then there's some artists in here where i guess i haven't seen their work in a while and i don't know if it's the coloring or something but they look different i mean not not like like oh they've really gone downhill it's just like like there's this, uh, a jolie jones story and i'm like i don't remember their stuff looking like this like it, it it just i'm i'm willing to bet that some of this stuff is like a coloring choice that's done on some of these and then there's also like probably the the story i enjoyed the least was the azarello but that that's that was just like a sort of like a, a western bit and it's like deleted scene number two but it's weird like because when i think of rizzo I don't think of like someone like a Dan Brereton, but that's the closest thing like I think about. Like I think as as Rizzo is like really stylized and everything, and this does not look like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Oh, and then there there's there's also um, you know your guys that were also involved in other like digital ventures. Like it seems like Scott Snyder is everywhere. Like, he'll sign up for, like, every digital service, every publishing service, so whichever one survives, he's there. And he has, Hey, it like, makes sense if you can yeah. put out the good product. <laughs> so he has a story with uh, Francesco uh, Francavilla in here. So as soon as I saw that, I mean, it's like, the, right from the first panel, it's like the black, the blue, you get to the orange, and I'm like, I know yeah. who this is. No one <laughs> uses oranges and draws this way. Yeah, well, they just did that one. I talked about it. The one from, I think, Dark Horse or someone printed it. But it yeah. was a digital one they collected. So that, that was a really crazy ship story. And I'm like, this has me guessing. My brain's like turning because it's like this guy gets invited onto this boat. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm running all about boats. No one reads my stuff. But now I get invited to this boat. And then he like turns the corner, goes to his room but he finds his room from like his house is like on the boat 
And then he's like, I'm sinking deeper into the boat. And I swear this is a new hallway. And he's like totally freaking out. And he's been on this boat forever. And then he's like, wait a second. I think that's my childhood bedroom that's in this boat. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. But I am inter entertained. Hey, that's what's important. So yeah, just a lot of, a lot of good stuff I got in here. So I was like, yeah. I definitely I mean if any of these become other things like or if I if I see something I really like I'm definitely going to be picking up some more uh, more stuff from distillery I mean the print stuff like I don't know really how if their their digital stuff has really I think I checked back once to see if you could buy this like the devil's cut and I don't think I saw anything on their website so maybe like when the single issues come out, people will be buying them and trading them or whatever that type of business is. You know, like I'm not going to get involved in that. Nah, I don't blame you. It seems like a weird hustle, but all right. I think we're going to keep this one as a shorter episode, folks. You, you see that, Phil? He's trying to stop Black Hammer from getting on the show. Oh, because I was going to Andrew. Be, because I, I read the Black about... Hammer at the end, Andrew. I was going to talk about my buddy in that box also sent me the Challengers of the Unknown reprint, oh, nice. the Kirby ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's on that beautiful, maybe a decade ago, DC did these reprints on hardcover on this paper. Yeah. I just love because it's it's high quality, thick... but it's more like newsprint type. Like it's yeah. not the glossy paper. What's it they like have a bunch Kirby? of the Kirby stuff and the Ditko stuff. Yeah, and I wish I bought all of them. I only got about seven or eight of them, but I wish. If I bought it's what I'm thinking of, I got the command commandy stuff. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, yeah. They're just, oh, it's just such a great format, and I like it. But mm -hmm. comics from the late '50s are hard for Andy. Like, they're it's not my. They are. I kind of I only read them in little batches because the yeah. kind of thing. But I don't know. It's I fun. Prefer, I, I prefer stuff. '80s and up. That's what I like. I don't really uh, see the Fantastic depends. Four analogy people want to make after reading. I mean, I haven't finished, but the ones I've read don't feel very Fantastic Four other than their uh, Yeah, sport. I never really got that either. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe by the I end, guess because they're explorers. I don't know. Yeah, because they wear jumpsuits and there's four. Yeah, of them I think that's it. Personalities don't really match. And don't they have a flying car? I can't remember. No, they have a, no, one they of don't. them's a okay. pilot. So, I mean, ah. maybe they get one later, but Kirby did the first, I don't know, it's a, it's a trade's worth. So they started mm -hmm. in the uh, showcase and then got their own title and then he left, I don't know, issue eight or nine. I think this is all of it. So it's kind of interesting seeing, but yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of the, and they were, and, and it also, it's that format where each comic has chapters, you know, chapter mm -hmm. one, chapter, which is weird now and <laughs> they I, I don't know when they stopped doing it but it always well, they, i still see it sometimes when you see I the chapter one and chapter two in the mm -hmm. same issue and you're like yeah i think priest writes that way still but it it's uh it's really nice for me just to look it's more looking at it than reading it i'll be honest with you mm -hmm. some of the but they fight all kinds of goofy aliens and everything and i love this the collection so i'll read anything that's printed on that and he just sent it, but it doesn't have the, this one doesn't have the dust jacket. He just sent me the, but I'm like, that's oh, okay. fine. Yep. Yeah, I have the dust jackets it. for the other ones. I don't need it. Sometimes but, the cover underneath the dust jacket looks better anyway. Yeah, like. yeah. It just, it yeah. doesn't, for those collectors that get anxious mm -hmm. when they see a bunch of 
from the same series, but one of them's out of shape or doesn't have the same. I know that bothers people sometimes when they look at my shelf and mm-hmm. I'll have like different, you know how they'll change the format or whatever. And that's when oh, like yeah. crazy, <laughs> but I don't care. But anyways, thanks yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. everybody, Kevin, are you doing catchphrases in 2024, 2023, whatever year it is? Uh, I'm doing Black Hammer at the end, number one. All right. By well, uh, Jeff Lemire. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in for Black Hammer coverage. You'll want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs>